Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're looking at Titus, living a Christ-centered life in a self-centered world. Verses 6 through 8 from chapter 2, self-controlled young men. Paul knew that every church needed serious-minded, self-controlled young men. Young men who, instead of being impulsive and volatile and sometimes even arrogant, would exercise self-control and show good sense and judgment in all things. So he encouraged Titus, also a young man, to be an example to the young men of Crete. You can almost read Paul's text to Titus. Titus, let your life back up what you believe. Be careful what you say so no one can accuse you of attacking others with your words. Be a dignified gentleman, known for your integrity and sincerity. Be an example for others, and as an example to follow, lead them directly to Christ. You know, the one major characteristic that seems to overshadow all others in dealing with young men is sober-mindedness. This is actually a different Greek word than the one used in verse 2, which meant sensible or discreet. This word has the idea of healthy, controlled thinking, or in other words, a healthy thought life. A simple word search for the word think in Scripture reveals God's desire for how we are to control our thoughts. Romans 12.3 attacks an arrogant mind by admonishing us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Romans 11.20 warns us against pride and being high-minded. We're to keep our focus on eternal things instead of the things that will fall apart, need upgrading, or end up in the trash. Hey, it's too easy in our media-crazed world to let your thinking go haywire and completely out of control. For just a few more cents, you can supersize your fries and drink in most fast food restaurants. Supersizing a Happy Meal is not really dangerous except possibly for your waistline. On the other hand, supersizing natural desires can be very destructive. There are legitimate needs for money and food, sleep, sex, and marriage, and acceptance. But if we let any of these areas totally control our thinking, we are tiptoeing with disaster. For instance, supersizing your thought-induced desire for money, lust of the eyes, will lead to poor decisions that will eventually tie you down to a world with debt and hinder you from a life of service to God. Supersizing your thought-induced desire for food, sleep, or sex, lust of the flesh, will lead to slavery to your ever-demanding flesh and cause you to lose focus on loving God and others. Supersizing your thought-induced desire for position or popularity, pride of life, will cause you to be a man-pleaser who forgets what it means to be a God-pleaser. Paul wants Titus not just to teach the truth, but to live the truth as an example or a model to follow. Little kids love to imitate others. It's a natural thing. If our churches were full of young men who were striving to follow the example of Christ, then our young people would have real-life models to imitate. If a teen or a kid in your church followed your example, how strong of a testimony would they have? This could be a tough question to answer. Hey, by the way, by the way, when Paul said, in all things, he was emphasizing the fact that we cannot pick and choose what we want to exemplify. We all have weak spots and blind spots. Our goal should be to be unspotted in every way. Good works combined with sound doctrine form a powerful witness. The combination of the walk and the talk, together with the visual and the verbal, make it clear what God says and expects from our lives. Paul gave Titus a list of four godly characteristics that have seen in his life would actually silence his critics. Number one, integrity, something that does not rot, corrupt, or decay. 
Unlike a delicious looking shiny red apple that is rotten on the inside, integrity is completely whole without any hidden areas of rot or decay. Number two, sincerity, genuineness, real, authentic, never false, fake, or pretending, honest and truthful, sincere, all the way through. Number three, dignity, a serious or gravity that does not go away with a sense of humor or joy or laughing. It is knowing when to be serious and when it's okay to be silly. It is knowing what is important and what is not. And number four, intentionality. Communication that intentionally focuses on being positive and uplifting, not speech that is filled with lies and hypocrisy, gossip, half-truths, cut-downs, or anger. Those who keep their tongues in control cannot be condemned or falsely accused. Again, Paul knew that every church needs serious thinking young men, godly young men who have testimonies that are unaccusable, unimpeachable, and unblameable. Self-controlled young men can be excellent examples for our teens and our young kids today. Lord, please fill our churches with godly examples of integrity, sincerity, and dignity. Please, even start with me. Hey, our time's up for today, but I hope that you understand that today is the day the Lord made. And so I hope you rejoice in it, and I hope that you have a really, really good day.